Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your AEW Fallout episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I am the undisputed patron saint of stunning and alongside the current reigning defending Churchill Cup champion and the current leader in the Churchill Cup standings, David the Smart Mark. How you doing, David? Yeah, I'm good, mate. It's um, it's Remembrance Sunday here as we record. Um, I'm awfully tired because I had a gig last night and obviously got in to watch Full Gear. So this morning's been quite emotional, to be fair. But always seeing you is a, is a massive cheer up. And obviously recording with you is always a lot of fun. So you're, I'm relying on you to put the uh, fun in my Sunday. Oh, trust me, I got a lot of fun for you. Instead of our normal stunning six questions, I got stunning 11 questions. All about AEW. No, well, to be fair, there's not been a lot else to talk about this week, so I guess they deserve a, a, a deserve a focus show. Well, with that being said, it's time for the stunning 11 questions. <laughs> it's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, Mr. Smartmart, we'll start with stunning question number one here. Should have Sheeta in front of Rosa versus Nia Rose and Jimmy Hayter been on the main card instead of being the pre-show match? No, only just. This card, I'll talk about the card in general to make my point. It was too long, there was too many matches, and that's about the only criticism that I would place on this card. There was no garbage on there for me. There were three absolutely outstanding must-see matches, some good ones, and a couple of, yeah, to-be-expected type matches. But the ladies' tag match as a dark match, no, it, it didn't. The only two I would have had it replaced would have been the Super Click and Jurassic Express. That could have gone on the dark match, dark section maybe, or the Philadelphia Street Fight, or Minneapolis, sorry, it was, wasn't it? Minneapolis Street Fight. And it didn't, it was was never going to replace that. So really there was only the super click and that means putting Adam Cole on the dark match. You know, it's one of the few things I've got to criticise AEW with lately is what the hell are they doing with Adam Cole? So... There you go. Um, that, that's where I would go with that. But no, it was the perfect It was the perfect appetite wet enough for me. It wasn't a bad match. It just about did what it needed to. Well, David, I would have put it on this card, and I would have added a 11th match to this card. It would have been Effie Bowens versus Dante Martin in a quick opening, maybe seven-minute match, because I feel like those guys having that one promo before the show started I thought, hey, let's let them have like a seven-minute match and we can get this thing that, on the road. That's a fair point. But who did we get who wasn't advertised instead? Well, we'll get to that. That might be a foundation of future events. <laughs> okay, mate. Danny, question number two. Was Darby Allen versus MJF the right decision to be the first match of this card? Whether it was the right decision or not, it certainly, it certainly put the pressure on the other matches because, by God, was it good. I really, really enjoyed this. And considering I'm sort of like, as, as the card's opening, I'm getting into, um, like, feeling quite tired now because I'd had a busy day yesterday. It's 1 a.m. in the morning UK time, and I'm getting quite fatigued. And all of a sudden, MJF's music hits, and I was like, all right, well, this will be good, whatever happens. And it was beyond expectations. Really, really great match. One of my top three that must see from the card. David, this match may be inside my top ten matches of the year. This match, this over-delivered, and it was like through the gauntlet down to everybody else. It's like, hey, we just put this on. You better follow us. 
and they submitted yeah. themselves as being two of the four pillars of AEW, without question. Yeah, without question, yeah. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. We What was interesting is actually, normally we would have um, communicated through such a cloud like this. We didn't, and that was probably down to me, because I was, I was going for various toilet breaks just to keep myself awake. Um, it was only, it, it says a lot about the strength of the card last night that I managed to, you know, stick it through. And that's not a, that is a comment on the quality of the wrestling because um, the show was very, very, it, I wouldn't say it was an absolutely, it's weird, wouldn't say it was an absolutely outstanding AEW show. It's not even the best AEW show I've seen. I think what it was, was the best, the most consistent AEW pay-per-view I've seen. David, it's funny you said that because on Radio Free PW, a certain stunning one asked a question three matches into this card. I asked after three matches, was AEW Full Gear the best pay-per-view of the year? And you want to know what the results were? Yeah, I do. Of course I do. Okay, so with my question, 54% of those voted said no. And I had a lot of people say AEW All Out was a little bit better but shown in Full Gear. Now, 46% of them, with me at the moment, when we're three matches into this cart, agreed with me. <laughs> now, the, the, the one thing All Out had, which Full Gear di uh, didn't have last night, bar one incident, was the, all the surprises, all the debuts, all, you know. But the consistency of the matches last night, for me, made it possibly a superior pay-per-view, but not, you know, not the most, me I don't know, most memorable, is that the phrase I'm looking for, Sean? But... You know, I, I still, I thought it really was a consistent, the, the matches, the builds, the build was good for nearly all the matches apart from one, which, um, but even that was good in the ring. I can't even argue with that in the ring. Okay, so second question number three, how much did this card get helped by the Minneapolis crowd? Because that crowd was hot for everything except for maybe one match. I, I felt they drifted in and out. I felt there was a couple that had to grab them. I thought the main event had to grab them. I thought they were tired for the main event. And understandably so. But the quality of the main event got them back. And the interest that, oh, once they realised there might just be the title change going on here. Um, I thought the Minneapolis crowd, I would agree with you, did very well last night. Because that was a long old show. Okay, so I'm moving over to studying question number five. Was Cody and Pat versus Andrade and Black the weakest match on this card? And did the crowd feel flat to you? Wasn't the weakest match. The crowd felt flat. I agree with that. And obviously we had the now, now... You see, this is the thing where wrestling fans go too far. When Cody was being booed because he was genuinely disliked and it was like, we don't want you on our telly. We don't want you... Um, we don't actually want to see you, he. Now they're just booing him because it's Cody and they can boo him. Whereas actually the performances by all four people in that match was really, really good. I've got There's three wrestlers in there that um, I actually like. There's one I don't like, but when his mind's on, he can go. So... It made the the, cry, the crowd for me nearly killed it, but they weren't expecting. We, you know, it, it was just oh, Cody's got to be on. You know, just sod off, Cody. No one actually, but he got booed again, and and it was predictable. I, I think the result was right. I think that that particular person who got the pin in that way needed it. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to spoil it. But I that that would be one that we didn't need because it was a very long ass card. Exactly, David. We could afford not having these four guys on this card and save this match for 
AEW Dominite on Wednesday night. We could have had this match on Wednesday night. It would have been okay. This could be the yep. main event of AEW Dominite coming up Wednesday. But yep. I will agree with you. The person who got the pin was the right person. And they should be probably third in line for the AEW World title because I love to see a match between wow. that person and the person who's actually the AEW champion at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout, actually, Sean. See, I've always, I've always championed that individual for the um, TNT title. I think he's absolutely perfect for the TNT title, but I'm no doubt that we're going to go on and talk about more and more about that particular belt due to the um, debut that we got during the card. Well, you know, at one time, he impersonated Ric Flair. And every time he impersonated <laughs> the Macho Man Randy Savage. Man, Randy Savage, yeah. But he's gone on to other promotions and been a foundational member. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, is it in one of the questions coming up? You never know. Stunning question, <laughs> stunning question number six here. Did Punk versus Kingston live up to your hype? Oh, and Mon, and some. Absolutely fantastic. I, I ate every second of it with a spoon. I thought they got it bang on, absolutely nailed it, and and more. Um, ranging from both Eddie and Punk coming down, not doing their normal entrances, there was no it's clobbering time, um, Eddie just coming out and going, come on, let's get on with it. Um, and Punk, to be fair, not doing his shtick, just got in, wanted to fight. And, and the start with the referee when, when Eddie got the bat fist in unsuspectingly before the bell had even gone, and then just stood there laughing. Eddie Kingston last night, for me, came of age as a major, major performer in a wrestling ring. And I know he's a, he's a veteran, and I know he's been going years, but that, and that was without Punk's help. He didn't need Punk in that. Well, he did need Punk in that match for the story. But, boy, and Punk, obviously, Punk went at a pace we haven't seen. That was by far and away his best match since returning. Um, you know, he obviously, he, he did a gusher, which you saw coming, but it didn't detract from it. It was the right result. And I loved that the Punk wanted to show him some respect. And Eddie just gave him the finger, rolled out, rolled off to basically say, we're going to go another day with this storyline. Well, David, I made a minor miscalculation here. Because at the moment this match started, I ran downstairs because I needed some snacks. So if I, okay, Eddie Keith is already in the ring. They're going to cue cult of personality. I have a little time to go downstairs and grab me some stuff. I was so wrong. When I got back up, I was like, wait a minute, they're already starting to match. No. Well, the personality. No, they did that brilliantly. Um, no clobbering. To, you know, I mean, again, what's the point? You build this feud, you build this hatred, and then all of a sudden Punk comes down when they're actually due to meet and does all, all his shtick, does his it's clobbering time, crosses his fists, high fives the crowd, jumps into the crowd, whatever, any of those, delete as above. He didn't. He just looked at Kingston, went, yeah, we're going, son, and ran to the ring, got in. The referee gets between them. There's a good, uh, I think it was Bryce, did a good job, just literally pushed him apart, and Eddie hits the bat fist before the bell's rung. The commentators got in on this and made it perfectly clear the bell's not been rung. The bell's not been rung. Oh, my God, what's Eddie doing? And Eddie just stood there laughing, and, and it was a maniacal laugh. It was just wonderful. It really, really was. But the crowd wouldn't let either of them be heels. What was really, really noticeable, it wouldn't let it wouldn't turn either of them. Exactly. I mean, it was basically... I want to say either a 50-50 crowd or it was like 60-40 Eddie Kingston. Yep. Yeah, there was a slight favor. For me, there was a slight favoring of Kingston. Yep. Well, David, 
let's slide over to stunning question number seven. What were your thoughts of the Minneapolis street fight? For me, it was the weakest match on the card because you had so many non-wrestlers in it. I thought it went too long, but it didn't offend me. It was okay. There was some comedy in it, which I didn't think it needed, but it was okay. It was what it was. It did a job. It was a placeholding match. Yeah, I would have personally put it as the dark match and really got people dragged in because there was enough top-end matches, you know, to to not lose people. And I would have had it on the buy-in as to say, look what you're going to get, you know. um, But, hey, this is, you know, Jericho's egos involved here. This was an interesting street fight to start out with for the fact that it seemed to be mostly in the ring, and you didn't really have a street fight feel to it until, like, you got later on and you started getting the plunder, and he had, like, all the plunder from the state of Minnesota. Yeah, I like the footballs. I have to say the footballs made me chuckle. Even though it's probably something I shouldn't have liked, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was the right result, but I don't want any more of it now. David, I was so happy the man of the year did not take the pin in this match. Because at one point, I thought, yeah, they're going to beat Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And I was going to have come here and livid rant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think majority of their booking last night, they got... I can't think of anything that I'm... With their booking from the matches and going forward. Well, yeah, no, there is one thing going forward, but I'm guessing we're still going to talk about that. thought they did a, did a good job with the booking last night. Okay, so we're on to standing question number eight for today. What did you think of Jay Lethal's appearance on AEW Full Gear? Yes, the former Ring of Honor World Champion and the leader of Foundation... He's all elite. I thought it was well done. I wasn't expecting it, mainly because I think I was so bloody tired at the time. Because um, he, he comes out at the end of the street fight. Great addition to the roster. Absolute addition. Because the bloke's a machine. Um, I hope he's in there to wrestle and not do comedy. Even though you alluded to his his potential for comedy. And he is very good. He's actually better at it than some of the other schmucks. However, what I don't I don't like, and I will wait to see it, it premise. If you haven't seen it, he challenges Sammy for the TNT title uh, in Dynamite um, Wednesday. Now, I don't want him straight into a title shot because I don't want Sammy to lose the title on Wednesday as much as I love both those guys. Sammy's just got the title, he should keep it, which means Lethal's going to have to take a loss on his debut or unless they've got some shenanigans lined up. Even so... I, I would have just liked him say Bobby Fish, um, someone like that. And we have a Ring of Honor throwback moment. You know, something just something like that would have been ideal for that for his um his debut. Exactly. Or hey, how about Jay Lethal versus Brian Danielson on Rampage? There's your match for you on Rampage. Well, I think we I think I think we've got that to come. But obviously, um, Brian's now the number one contender to the title. Um, or he's got a shot coming, which is interesting that they've not given. He's not going to be getting that against Kenny, so they can save. The rematch of uh, of Kenny and Daniel, um, which hey, you know, fact that's I think that's quite clever. You know, they've got they've got all these guys now for Page to feud with, even Punk. You know, he, he, even I think Punk inevitably, whilst they keep him unbeaten, which is the right thing to do. You know, it, it's got to be in there at some point. Then then the decision lies whenever Brian, Daniel Bryan, or Punk challenge for the title on whoever's got it. What do they do? Exactly, David. Now, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to this match between Semi and Jay Lethal. I do believe that Jay Lethal can afford this loss if it comes to being a loss for Jay Lethal because the people who are fans of AEW, 
they know who Jay Lethal is, and this is not going to hurt Jay Lethal one bit. Yeah, that's a fair point. I just, you know, he's he's a he's he's a, he's a decent name, decent hand coming in. He shouldn't at least lose his first match, which is why I think it'll be shenanigans because they surely are not going to take the title off Sammy this early. You know, David, why not have the full foundation come out and just jump Sammy, and we get a foundation versus inner circle feud. I'd like to see the foundation in. I don't want to see him against the inner circle. I want to see um, Proud and Powerful go off as a tag team on their own. I don't want a Hagar on my screen, and I want Y2J to do something different, but his ego won't let him, and Sammy needs to go off and just defend his belt. You know, I don't want to see the inner circle together for a while. Exactly. I mean, they had their moment in the sun. They got rid of American top teams, so I'm ready for them to disband. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And let them go and do different things. Okay, stunning question number nine. Was Heyman Adam Page's entrance for his world title match one of the top five entrances in professional wrestling history? Ooh, no. No, no, it wasn't. It was good. It was entertaining. But you, you look at some of the WrestleMania stuff that WWE have done, you can find five better than that. You know, and that's not to be that's not to be disrespectful to what Hangman and Page and what have you, but no. Fine, David. I may have been a prisoner of the moment and fine. Oh, this looks pretty dang cool. <laughs> All the way up to the point that I saw that he wasn't riding the horse into the arena. Now, if they rode the horse into the arena, would that increase the level of this entrance? It would have fit the crap near the rig. I can't take you nowhere, can I, David? I can't take you nowhere. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Everyone, if the horse comes into the arena, everyone's going to want it to kill one out in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the arena. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not being funny for such a big event, um, and obviously, once they booked it for such a big night for Adam Page, and you know, fair play, there's no there's no argument on the on the booking of it in this quarter. They finally finally got there, and fair play to them for that. And it was it built. Nicely, I was so worried that when it started that the crowd were burnt out and not invested in it. But fair play to Kenny and, and Paige. They got the crowd back in. And I have to say, I think that, uh, for me, is one of Kenny Omega's best performances I've seen. And that includes some of the stuff with the card. Our next stunning question, was the six-man match overbooked and too long? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, it's pure and simple. You could argue whether it was the right result or not. I've got no problem either way with them going over. But that would have been my pre. That would have been my dark match prior to prior to the the, the match listing going up and put the girls on on the main event because Britt Baker and. Um, Ty Conte delivered for me. I thought that was way better than I anticipated. Um, I really, really, really was not offended by that at all. Um, and and to, to be fair, Adam Cole, what they're doing with Adam Cole is, is frankly criminal at the moment. He needs a singles run. David, I'm happy they gave Joe Boyd the victory, okay? The pin was fine. It literally took maybe seven minutes too long because it got to the point where <laughs> they were hitting like crazy move after crazy move. Oh, look, yep. just just luckily, here's a guy that makes the save. Oh, wait a minute, another guy makes the save. Can we not get, get on the page here to defend the guy being pinned so you can't yeah. break the pin up? Yeah, I can't argue with that at all, mate. Um, yeah, it was a bit strange. It really, really was. But, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it, they're always going to be on this, like Jericho. You know, you could have lost, you could have taken that, that street fight and the six-man got rid of one completely, put one on as a dark match, and put the girls into the main card, and that would have been a much more balanced card. Exactly, I agree with you, David. In hindsight, if you see all the matches play out, that would probably have been the correct order of matches. Yeah. Well, our next any question, 
What was your thoughts about the main event? Did it live up to everything you had in your mind before you saw the match? The main event? Yes. I thought it was better than I anticipated. As I, as I said earlier, one of the best Omega match, Kenny Omega matches I've seen, and I includes the Okada ones. I was worried at the start because I thought the crowd were burnt out um, and disinterested, but the two guys got them back, particularly once they thought, hang on, Page is going over here. There's a chance Page is going over. He's going to win it. And they really, really got interested to the point that when he did win it, we got over. And I liked, actually, I know the books came out and you thought, like the way they utilised the books for once with, I think it was it Matt, Matt or Nick, not Adam Page just before the final book shot Lariat, as if to say, it's your time, well done. Go get him. I think it was Matt. And like you said, David, when I saw the Young Bucks walk down to the ring, I'm going, oh, this is how they're going to get out of this match. And they're going to keep Omega, yep. the champion. And they're going to inadvertently bury Adam Page because yep. they have been, like, teasing this thing for two years. And if you tease it too long, the fans are going to turn on it and go, like, yay, we don't care now. But they actually hit this right on the head. And the ending of this match was amazing. The only thing that could have yep. made it better was I know some people wanted to see Adam Page kick out a one-wing angel, but I kind of happy he didn't. But I did enjoy the fact that he literally used Omega's move on Omega. And if you wanted to, you could actually have him take the pin that way. Like Page had to empty everything out of his arsenal. He had to turn to Omega's arsenal to get the victory. Right. One thing that amused the crap out of me, and I went back and watched it, and it's just a little moment, and it was inadvertent, but I've got to, got to give him kudos. Paul Turner. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, there's a ref bump, and Paul Turner takes a bookshot lariat. And I'm presuming, if you watch it, that it was a little bit harder, a little bit less worked than he was expecting. Because if you watch it slowly, and I, I caught it, it was just one of those things that you catch his eyes nearly pop out of his head as if to say, Jesus! You know, that was that was almost stiff. And then he obviously goes on, sells it, and um, uh, the, the overactor comes in and she finishes the match off. But Paul Turner, I mean, he should be the senior referee. He's absolutely fantastic. And he took this bookshot lariat like a trooper. Kudos to Paul Turner from this house. Okay, so we get the dark order, come down to near ringside, and they're going to stand and cheer for page from a distance and page asks them to come down to the ring so we get yep. that wcw feel where you get the baby face champion <laughs> on the shoulders of everybody yeah. as a favorite goes off the air and i was watching this on direct tv and literally you saw that you saw the um, watermark for the logo and boom <laughs> they hit the 12 o'clock mark right on the head there's no time to spare yeah absolutely and it's the same with fight tv actually mate of which i was watching it on um, I have to say that that cost cost me £13 last night from Fight TV, and I have to say it was well worth every penny, including, obviously, the pre-show. Although, as I said, I considered it to be probably half hour too long, but, you know, hey, you know, you, I suppose you're getting more for your money. You're more, more bang for your buck, as the certain two cucumonger kids would say. Um, so, sorry. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. There was no need for that. I apologize. It, it, it was, without a shadow of a doubt, for my humble opinion, it was AEW's most consistent card. It is definitely worth a watch all the way through. And if you haven't got the time to watch it all the way through, certainly watch MJF Derby. Watch Punk. Eddie Kingston, which is which is just mighty. It is just a lesson. And Kenny and Hangman Page is uh, also very much worth watching. 
Okay, David, I'm going to wrap up the stunning questions with one final stunning question. What was your match of the night? Oh, Punk Kingston, without a doubt. Nothing touched it. Nothing touched it. It's one of the best matches I've seen in a very, very long while. David, I want to humbly disagree with you. I believe MJF versus Darby Allen was the best match on this card. Even Adam Page winning the world title was just a close second, but I feel like the two guys at the beginning of the show hit it out of the park. I don't know if it was just the fact that we hardly ever see MJF wrestle a long match, because every time we see MJF, he's yeah, either on the mic, or it's like a very short match, or it's a match where Warlord or Sean Spear comes in and interferes, and he gets a cheap victory. That match was like, I want to say 20, 25 minutes, maybe, and I feel like that match to open the show, and the fact that you know, coming in, we weren't sure what it was going to be. I said it was going to be a 50-50 match. I got it wrong. But I enjoyed that match, and I feel like it was the best match of the night. Now, I know we haven't talked about Britt Baker versus Kaitani at all yet. To me, personally, I like Taikani. But that match, I feel like Taikani is still just a little bit too new, and she needs a little bit more seasoning because that match had its ups and downs. It was a little clunky. But Britt Baker... I mean, it's Britt Breaker. I mean, she's pretty freaking good. She got through it. The right person won, even though my heart was with somebody else. And my only question was, where was Anna Jay? Anna Jay is her best friend. Will you let your best friend go for a world title when her opponent had two people beside the ring? Right, okay. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on the match. It was way better than I anticipated, based on the fact that you just gave us. Yeah, you could argue it was clunky in some places, but it was, as I say, I still was returned to the fact I thought it was better than I envisaged. The one thing that match did with me, it made me severely question in the latter stages whether Britt Baker was going over. I actually thought that at one point, Jesus, they're going to make a mistake here and take the belt off Britt. Fortunately, they didn't. It was the right result. But it was way better than I envisaged. I thought it would stink the place up. No, it didn't. Normally, it's the other way around. Whereas you give the, the, the ladies a little bit more slack and it's me that's quite harsh on them. And I think that we've gone, we've sort of reversed roles there because I actually didn't mind it at all. I thought it was all right. Well, I will say this. I was kind of happy they didn't have it being like the semi-main event because yeah. I feel like it would have got lost if it was higher up on the card. It was kind of perfectly placed there like halfway in the middle of the show. Yeah, great point. Great point. Yeah, they got that. They got that absolutely right, and I, I would agree entirely with that. Yeah, um, I, I've got no issues with it, Sean. I, I really, really haven't. Well, like you said, there was a moment in that match where I, I thought Taikani was going to win it, and yes, I was already down two points to nothing. <laughs> so I was like, "Fine, let me go over tonight. At least I have Taikani with a belt, and I can go like, hey, at least." I have something. I, mate, I don't know what to say because obviously when you're living, I've lived it, when you live in your own Churchill Cup hell, you just don't know what to root for sometimes. Um, really, the one that did us was the, the six-man the six man tag. Um, that was that was a surprise. And uh, what was the other one that, that, that went between us again? Because it ended up 3-2, didn't it? Yes, our final Churchill Cup standings for the evening was David and Smart Mark 3, the stunning one 2. And I was the biggest Jungle Boy fan for the about the 30 minutes that match went because I was like going, I need a point. I need David not to go 4 for 4 because I felt like you were going to go 4 for 4 and I was going to go 0 for 4 and this thing would have been over. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm pleased for you, sir, because I am a magnanimous Churchill Cup holder. Well, you know, there's a turning point coming, my friend. 
there's a turn point coming. Mr. I'm a defending champion. Let's go straight into the next round of the Churchill Cup as we preview Impact Turning Point. Do we have to? It's time for the Winston Churchill Cup. Yes, David, you're a defending champion. You have to defend on all shows, even ones you don't like. Yeah, but it's not just me. And you have first selection, my friend. I've got, I've got, I've got first dibs. Yes, you do. Right, there's five matches up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll agree. Five matches. Well, I'm gonna go. For, oh God, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, Sean. This is what you make me do. I'm gonna take Moose to be Eddie Edwards. You know, I probably get more enjoyment out of hearing that come out of your mouth than anything on the history of the yeah. show. And even even though it's more likely that I'm going to get a point for that, um, it's the fact that I've had to do it. Hey, if I lose the Churchill Cup because you picked Moose over Eddie Edwards, <laughs> hey, I can live with it for a month because I get to hear the words come out of your mouth. Do you know what? I can't argue with that either. <laughs> so with my first selection on this fine card, I'm going to the Impact Knockout Championship match. It's going to be a pretty good match. It's Mickey James versus Marcita Martinez. And, I mean, here you go. Another one where you want to go with your heart, you might want to go for a title change, but I'm picking Mickey James to retain a title. This is her first title defense on pay-per-view. Fair shout, mate. I'd have done the same. And on that note, I'm going to move to the Knockouts Tag Team Championship match and obviously pick the Inspiration or the Iconics. Their first defense, Cassie Lee, Jesse McKay against Decay. Obviously, they must surely retain. I agree with you, David. You know, it kind of brings the question. They brought these titles back and they literally only have two teams now in Impact because I feel like they only have two teams now. Yeah, I'm sure they'll develop. I mean, let's face it, the way WWE are going with their releases, there's going to be a fair bit of talent for them to um, cherry-pick in the near future. Okay, so we got two options here for my next pick, and I'm going to go with the Impact X Division title match. It's Trey Miguel versus Royal Kid. <laughs> Maybe the match that steals the show, and I'm going to go Trey Miguel retains his title. Yeah, I did the same, only because it's Impact. Now, what that means is... It leaves me with the men's tag team championship match, um, which is the Good Brothers versus the Bullet Club. And in this case, it's Chris Bay and Ikulu. Now, what we've done, we've gone for every... Because they're all championship matches, if you've noticed. And surely they're not all going to be champions retained. So what do I do, Sean? You're not. You're playing deadpan. Cross the water. You're playing deadpan face. I'm going to go... I've got to go with... Uh, I'm going to go full house. The Good Brothers to retain. Um, I don't particularly want to, but fortunately, if it means they stay in Impact and we haven't seen much of them in AEW, I'll, I'll live with that. You know, I might be a bunt cake pan. Oh, it's too soon for that joke, huh? No, 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 no. Carry on. You know, you could have easily gone. Hey, I picked the Bullet Club to win this match because all those members are members of the Bullet Club. Oh, I suppose they are really. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Good point. I am tired. It's been a long twenty-four hours. Well, David, before we go. I do believe there's maybe two things we should talk about outside of AEW that happened this week that we need to talk about. Now, the first one is back on Wednesday night. We finally got to see KLR on NST 2.0 versus Sarai. And, David, I feel like, one, Sarai is just a victim of circumstances because she was the last big signing of the old NST because she got jobbed out to the Queen of the Scots. KLR won the match. I was happy. But in an alternate universe, you know that was a main event of a takeover. Yeah, um, that's actually a fair point. 
I know you messaged me um, on Tuesday when you saw the segment had been that she was in action. And at that point, I went off into a Tourette's moment, um, cursing you, because whilst I appreciated you letting me know, it also meant I had to watch NXT. So it was a, do- a hugely double-edged sword here. I love Kelly Ray, so no two ways about it. She's absolutely fantastic. Look up her library of work, her body of work, if you will. This was not a fair reflection on either of these two girls. And that just about sums NXT up. They could be handed a million dollars and they'd go and bet it on zero rather than red or black. I was just disgusting. But it was nice to see her on that program. That's about the only positive I can muster. Okay, so our second thing we're going to talk about outside of AEW on this show happened yesterday as well. It was on Twitter. Mustafa Ali posted a two-and-a-half-minute promo video of a possible character that he was going to debut on WWE. Now, you can say whether or not this is a work or a shoot here because he did it on his official WWE account, but it's a reimagining of Muhammad Hassan, but for the fact that you actually have a Arab-American playing the part now, and I really want to see this character because he does a great politician speech, and he gets you to buy in, and the greatest villains are the heroes of their own story, and everything this hill said to you was actually true. I, what it was, which was slightly surprising, is just a good promo from WWE. Yeah, there was no way it was, you know, anything... But um, a work. It's not, you know, let, let's get that out there. I don't care how, how they try and present it. The WWE couldn't work themselves. It was a decent promo. And I'll tell you what I did do, which is, I can't say this about anything in the WWE for a long, long while. It made me think, yeah, okay. When this guy comes up, when this guy's ready, okay, give him a go. And there's not a lot in the WWE that have, have made me think that lately. You know, I feel like this is a perfect start for a new character for Mustafa Ali, but like we saw with Retribution and with his short-lived tag team with Mansoor, you know it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. Even if he does the best job ever and gets it over, there'll be some, one of these stupid non-wrestling fan writers that, that will just bury him. Uh, you know, but anyway, let's not... You know, that's probably to come. Let's just keep our fingers crossed and... Maybe hope that they have actually got, you know, a character that we can, um, you know, be invested in, be it good or bad. Exactly, David. You need to go out just to watch this two and a half minute video because I feel like it's the best promo work done by a WWE performer in a good long time, maybe three or four months. I'm like going, this is really good and has often with Safa Ali for putting this out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, yeah. And and that was it. You said it was two and a half minutes, and that's one of the good things about it. It's the length of time that actually catches you. It grabs you, doesn't let you go, but doesn't keep you getting bored, doesn't allow you to get bored by going too long. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of this wonderful AEW Fallout episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Now, you can catch the stunning one alongside David the Smart Mark as I come in for my sunny segment each and every Tuesday on Finland Youth Radio, the rock and wrestling show, Finland Youth Radio, number one radio show. It's the fastest hour on radio. Me and Sean absolutely kill it. Some great wrestling themes, some great opinions. I always listen to the stunning segment cold. I do not know what the Knoxville Knight is going to say. Um, 
you know, and, and it's better for that. So, ladies and gentlemen, join me, 5 o'clock GMT. On behalf of David and Spumart, this is Stunny Sean, wishing you a stunning start to your week. Until we see you next time, stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.